the, the mug just doesn't work, right? So, like, uh, even, like, outside of, like, things that we, we can't fix, the, the things that we can fix, sometimes we're told, like, why, why put in the effort? Why put in the time? Why put in the money to fix it when you could just get something new? Right, and even outside of things, we, we apply this to people sometimes too. Like, maybe I'm too screwed up for people to love me. Maybe I, I, I just got too much going on. Like, why would people waste their time on me? Right, and so we think these thoughts in our heads. Right, like sometimes life is broken and we can't always fix it. Right, and so we have these, these terrible thoughts. Right, but like, think about it like a broken vase. Like, if, if a vase is broken into a million pieces, it, it's a mess. It's confusing. You, like, imagine trying to put a vase back together. It would take you hours and hours and hours just to, like, try and fit the pieces together, let alone, like, actually glue them and get it to fit back together, even if you could, right? But there's actually, like, this, this form of art called kintsugi vases where they, like, take vases, they smash them, and then they put them back together with, like, gold adhesive. And it looks really beautiful when it's finished. And the whole idea is that, like, the cracks and the, the mending, they tell this story of overcoming struggle. And so it's this really beautiful artwork because of the struggle that was experienced to get to that point, right? So... When we look at ourselves, we can think of ourselves like broken vases too, right? Like all of our, our lives are messed up. The world around us is broken. It's just a reality that when sin came into the world, it took God's perfect creation and brought brokenness into it. And so while we experience and see all of the evil going around in the world around us, what we also need to recognize is that we are part of that problem too, Right? Like we add to the brokenness that's in the world. We cause part of that problem because of our own sin. And this is why we need Jesus. Right? Like sin caused a problem, and we're part of that problem. So we need someone who is not affected by sin, someone who's without sin, to come in and to be able to stand in our place, to be able to fix that problem for us since we can't. But sin and brokenness, they affect us in a ton of different ways, right? Like we can think about things like death or disease or evil, right? We can think about everyday normal things like, like being tempted to continue to sin or arguments with friends or family. Or you can think about rumors spreading around about you at school. Maybe someone treating you unfairly. We experience this brokenness in our lives, but even our mental health is something that's impacted by the effects of sin. It's something that's affected by the brokenness in our world because of sin. So maybe, uh, you know, everyone in here is in a different spot. You know, everyone is experiencing their mental health in a different way. So maybe for you, you feel like you're all good. You got it together, but you can't even see the, the chips and cracks that are going on in your own life. You need somebody to come in and, and show you, man, are you, are you noticing this thing about yourself? I don't think you're seeing this. Or maybe you're in a complete opposite end of the spectrum. You feel like you're the broken vase shattered on the floor, and you just don't know how to pick the pieces up, right? We're all in a different spot here. And so this series whole is all about taking a look at mental health and seeing how God can impact your mental health, no matter where you may be at with it. So a common misperception about Christianity and mental health is that 
when you become a Christian, that means all of your problems go away. Now, is that true? No, obviously not, right? Like, that's not our experience. That's also not what the Bible tells us. It doesn't tell us that when you become a Christian, life's going to be sunshine and roses. It actually says the opposite thing to us, that we'll experience suffering, we'll experience oppression, we'll experience brokenness and sin in our lives. But this includes mental health, right? Like Jesus doesn't promise that his followers will just be instantly healed and have no mental health problems at all. But what he does promise to you is that he will be with you through that journey. He'll be with you the whole time. And when this life ends, he also promises that he'll send his son back to earth to restore his creation and make it whole again. So Christians will one day have eternal life with God in a place without struggles like mental health. One day God will repair your broken vase and your life will be this story, this beautiful story of overcoming struggle because of God's impact in your life. One day you will be whole. And until that day comes, God is with you no matter if your mental health is great or if you're really struggling. So as we go through this series the next couple weeks, each week we're going to look at a different common mental health struggle and discuss how God can impact that journey. And tonight we're looking at anxiety. Now, if you're not super familiar with anxiety, I'll give you a little bit of info about it. Anxiety is a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about something that is about to happen with an uncertain outcome. Now, that's, that's a good clinical definition, but let's get a little bit deeper into what it actually looks like. It says, experiencing occasional anxiety is a normal part of life, meaning that everyone in this room experiences anxiety in some capacity. However, people with anxiety disorders frequently have intense, excessive, and persistent worry and fear about everyday situations. So people with anxiety disorders, it takes everyday things and brings anxiety to those. Normal anxiety is, is feeling anxiety for like being overly busy or like you have like a big event coming up that you have some pressure on. But often anxiety and, uh, disorders involve repeated episodes of sudden feelings of intense anxiety and fear or terror that reaches a peak within minutes, which is what happens when someone talks about a panic attack. These feelings of anxiety and panic interfere with daily activities, are difficult to control, are out of proportion to the actual danger, and can last a long time. So anxiety and stress are words that are a lot of times used interchangeably, and they don't actually refer to the same thing. They're two different things. See, stress is, is a reaction to something external, like what I was talking about, like a, a big test coming up, or you're being, uh, you, your schedule is just too jam-packed, and you don't have time to be able to decompress and process the things that are going on. Anxiety, on the other hand, is when that worry or the, the uncomfort or unease continues even if that external factor goes away, right? Like you have a big test and the test has already happened, the, the grade is already given, but you still are feeling that anxiety and that pressure even though it's already done and over. Everyone 
has experienced anxiety in some way or another, whether you realized it or identified it. So like I said, everyone in this room, whether you have uh, recognized that you've experienced anxiety, it's a normal part of life and it's a normal uh, regular thing that we happen. But again, the difference is where for people with anxiety disorders, it becomes, uh, uh, creates a difficulty for them to do normal everyday things. Like perhaps anxiety for coming to gather or anxiety going to school, or interacting with people, or participating in something new may give someone with, with an anxiety disorder some anxiety. Now, all this stuff, this definition, this explanation, this sounds like stuff you'd learn about in a health class, right? So what exactly does it have to do with our faith in Jesus, right? Like, what does the Bible have to say about mental health? Now, if you did a search through the Bible or on, on Google or whatever, like, like mental health in the Bible, right? You, nothing will pop up. They don't use that phrase, right? It's, it's a modern phrase. And so you're not going to find the phrase mental health in the Bible. However, what we do see is a lot of examples of God talking about how he is with us and caring for us through our, our difficulties, through our hardships, through our struggles. We also see lots of examples of people struggling with various mental health issues throughout the Bible. For example, Paul was a follower of Jesus who was the first person to take the gospel of Jesus and, and travel outside of Jewish countries and share that with those non-Jewish people. So he was presenting a new religion to people who were not Jewish. They were not God followers. And so Obviously, he was getting lots of pushback from that. And so Paul was several times uh, put into uh, prison. He was accused. He was um, arrested. He was beaten. All these different things happened to him where he was punished for going into these places and sharing his faith with these people. In fact, he was eventually put to death by execution because of sharing the gospel in Rome. Now, uh, Paul, during his time in prison, wrote several of the letters that we see in the New Testament. Uh, one of those letters were, uh, is Philippians, which we're going to read from in a moment. Paul wrote that letter, Philippians, while he was in prison, but he's writing this letter to the Philippians, which is about encouraging them to press on in their faith through their suffering as he is currently suffering for his faith, right? So like, it's not like he's just like sitting on like, his, his pedestal saying, oh, you suffering Christians, like, you guys need to get it together, right? He is experiencing suffering for his faith, and he's encouraging them. I know you're experiencing suffering. I know what that's like. We'll get through it. God is with you. He'll care for you through that all, right? And so as Paul's sitting in prison... He had to be feeling all of these anxious thoughts, like he's, he's about to be executed for his faith. And so he's for sure felt this anxiety considering his circumstances. Yet he writes something like this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, 
whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. All right, so some really cool stuff in here, but what's really interesting to me is that he starts off this section by saying, do not be anxious about anything, right? Like, if you've ever experienced anxiety before, how easy is it to just not be anxious, right? Like, it's impossible. When you're feeling anxious, you can't just, oh, I'm not going to feel anxious anymore, right? Like, it, 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 it's not a logical thing. You can't just decide, oh, I'm done with anxiety right now right? It doesn't work that way. So is he really, is this his encouragement and guidance? Like, don't be anxious anymore? Like, is that what he's actually trying to say? Just don't feel anxious? I don't think it is, right? Like, if if that's all he had to say, if all he wanted to give you was just don't be anxious anymore, that's all he would have said, but it's not all what he said. Instead, he gives us some things, actually three different coping mechanisms, three different coping tactics to be able to deal with our anxiety, The first one that he gives us is to rejoice. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. So the idea here is that even when you're feeling anxious, figure out what it looks like to be able to rejoice in God, right? Like think about anxiety like a storm. You're on the ocean, right? And like this storm is going on and it's driving your ship off course. And being able to see God And his goodness, his faithfulness, his compassion, his mercy, his love, his his care for you, these things that are unchanging through all of the difficulties that you face in your life, it's like an anchor holding your ship down firm into the place so that you don't steer off course. And so when all of these thoughts, these anxious thoughts are going on in your head, all of these things, these, these uh, terrible things that you're thinking about yourself, these things that you, you feel uncomfortable about, unsure about, all these anxious thoughts, you can instead look to God who is always the same. When things seem uncertain, you can look to God and see his goodness. You can remember his faithfulness and get your mind off of all of the anxious thoughts you're feeling. The second thing that Paul gives to us is to pray. He says, in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, if you've ever spent a good amount of time in prayer before, you know how calming it can be, right? Like, be honest, how many of you guys have ever fallen asleep while you're praying? I know I have, right? It's no shame. Maybe you needed some rest, right? Like, it's okay, right? But like, Prayer is super calming. It's just part of how it works, right? It's a, but it's also this great way of building your trust in God, right? Like he will take care of you no matter what the circumstance is. God cares for you regardless of what's going on in your life. So if you're feeling anxious, go to God. Talk to him, right? Like express how you're feeling to him. Don't rush through it just to get the prayer done and check the box off, but instead take some time to be able to explain what is making you feel anxious. Express the the outcomes that you're worried about. Maybe take some time to, to ask God to help you to see the situation differently so you can have a different perspective. And you can even ask God, you know, God, I'm, I'm feeling anxious. Instead, give me peace, right? Like change my emotion here because I can't. So we can 
pray, we can rejoice, and the last thing he gives us is to think of God. He says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. All right, so the Bible tells us a whole lot throughout the Bible to like change our behavior, right? And like this is like one of those times, like if you, if you see honorable, just, pure, lovely things, like think about those things, the things that you've seen other Christians doing, do those things, right? Like it's, it's telling you to do things differently, right? But this seems kind of like a random spot to do it. Like he's talking about anxiety, he's giving us coping mechanisms. So what, what's going on here? Well, let's think about it for a second, right? What is he saying to do? Think about things that are true, that are honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, and worthy of praise. What is he describing here? Right? What is, what is honorable? What is just? What is pure? What is excellent? What is worthy of praise? God. Right? He's saying, put your thoughts on to God. Get away from those anxious thoughts. Stop focusing on the things that are causing your anxiety, but instead change your thoughts to focusing on God and his excellence, his pureness, his honorableness, his justness, right? Focus your thoughts on God and get off of the thoughts of anxiety. And the next thing he tells us to do is to follow his example, right? What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, He's saying, look at your Christian mentors, whether it's your youth leaders that's sitting at your table with you, or maybe your, if your parents are Christian, you can follow their example, or other people within the church, or, or whatever, like these Christian mentors that you have in your life, find someone that's following Jesus and do what they do, right? Change your actions and follow their example. Get your mind off of the worry of your anxiety, and instead focus on doing something, like Right, like, have you ever had that, that thing where, like, you just need to be able to use your hands to be able to stop feeling so, like, like worried and, and anxious all the time? Like, you, it, doing things helps to be able to relieve some of that emotion. And so that's exactly what he's saying to do. Get your mind off the worry by doing something worth your time, by focusing on God, by growing in your faith. So he gives us these three things, to rejoice, to pray, and to think of God. And they're all things that both help us to be able to relieve our anxiety at the same time as growing in our faith. These are anxiety coping tactics that are also helping you to grow grow closer to God. So when he says to do all this, what is the result of doing these three coping tactics? He says it's peace. He says this in verse seven, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, does he say that your anxiety will immediately go away? No. Does he say that your anxiety will never come back ever again? No. Does he say you're ridiculous for feeling anxious in the first place? No. Does he say, if you see someone feeling anxious, that must mean that they're not a very strong Christian because they're not trusting God right now? No. He doesn't say any of those things. He's not casting shame on your anxiety. He's instead helping you to move away from it by experiencing the peace of our God. He is saying that if you're feeling anxious, 
here is some ways for you to be able to try and get away from that anxiety and get through it because God is always with you. God is always with you. He's always caring for you. So whether you're feeling anxious or worried or insecure, depressed, angry, confused, or any other mental difficulty, God is with you in that moment. He is caring for you. He wants you to reach out to him for help. He's caring for you, and he wants you to have peace when you're feeling anxiety, peace that surpasses understanding, right? Like, if you've experienced anxiety, you know that in that moment, nothing makes sense. Everything feels confusing, nothing makes sense, and you just can't get your mind to change no matter how bad you may want it to. But God is capable of giving you peace in that moment, even if it doesn't make sense that you have it. God is capable of giving you peace that surpasses understanding. So reach out to God when you're struggling with anxiety. When you're feeling anxious, fix your eyes on Jesus. Look at him, think about him, talk to him in prayer. Act like Jesus acted so you can get your mind off of your anxiety. So as we finish up and we get time to talk about this in our tables, I want to encourage you guys to remember that God is with you. He cares for you. And he is slowly but surely working to make your vase whole again. So let me pray for you, and then you guys will talk about this. Father, we thank you so much that you are a God of compassion, that you're a God of peace, and that when we're feeling anxious, you desire to care for us in that moment. And so I pray for every person in this room right now, myself included, that the next time that we feel anxious, that we would remember to be able to turn to you, that we can look to you to get our minds off of the anxiety, instead remember something that is solid, that is unmoving, that is unchanging. Help us to look to you in that moment and experience the peace that you offer. We ask for this in the name of Jesus, amen. All right, y'all, take some time to talk at your tables. You guys, man, God is really good, and he cares about you so much. He loves you, and when you're experiencing anxiety, he wants to be there caring for you and comforting in that moment, too. And so I hope that the next time that you're experiencing that, that you can turn to him, uh, that you can be able to look at his goodness as that anchor to hold you down, and that you can experience that peace that in the moment, it just doesn't make sense why you can feel peace. But God, it's because God is there caring for you and you can recognize his presence, his embrace of care around you. And if you're struggling with that, if you're struggling with anxiety and you feel like nothing's helping, I, I want to encourage you to talk to somebody about it if you haven't already. Uh, whether that's somebody here in this community, we'd love to support you and we'd love to care for you through that, walk alongside you in that journey. But we want to be with you because we know that God is with you and we want to represent that love and that care for you as well.